Welcome to Shipwreck Sunday, where we investigate disasters at sea and the impact that they have on the world today. My name is Eleanor. Today, we'll be going over the controversies associated with the popular cruise line Carnival Cruises. They've been getting some heat in the news lately, and we're going to get into all of it. Quick disclaimer for our younger audiences before we dive in. This story does include details of maritime incidents, death, and suicide that may be disturbing to some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised for those under the age of 13. Please keep in mind that I'm not a mariner or expert in the field of maritime history, but I've done my research. Okay, everyone, let's get into it. Before I seemingly pick apart and roast the absolute daylights out of Carnival Cruises, let's get one thing straight. They have a fantastic record when it comes to safety overall. For sinkings, they've only got one in their history, the Costa Concordia, which is technically owned by one of their subsidiaries, Costa Cruises. Many of the incidents I'm about to present will seem bad, but just keep in mind that they've only got one sinking under their belt. I just want to be fair before I put my tinfoil hat on. Let's get sailing. Carnival Corporation and PLC was founded on March 11, 1972 by Ted Arison, and they are headquartered in Doral, Florida in the United States of America. They offer cruises worldwide, and as of 2022, they have roughly 40,000 employees. Despite their success, they have faced a number of controversies. We're going to start with Hurricane Katrina. If you aren't American, then you might not be familiar with the absolute devastation of Hurricane Katrina, a Category 5 hurricane that killed 1,392 people and caused between $97.4 billion and $145.5 billion of damage in late August of 2005. Afterward, a six-month contract was awarded to Carnival Cruises to use their ships as temporary housing for those affected by the hurricane. That sounds nice, right? On paper, it sounds great, but in practice, it was a bit shady. It put $236 million into the pockets of Carnival, and it was widely criticized due to the fact that the vessels were never fully utilized, and Carnival actually made more money that year as emergency relief than they would have running their normal rotation. Not too shady, but a shady start. It gets worse. In 2012, the year Costa Concordia sank, the company was reported to be paying their cruise ship staff in the UK roughly 75 pence per hour. That means a month's salary of working nearly 11-hour shifts, seven days a week, would only be 250 pounds. That is ridiculous. What's even shadier about all of this? In May of 2012, Carnival dismissed 150 crew members from India because they protested these low wages. And in October of 2013, they revoked retirement benefits for crew staff. I'm all about paying people what they need. You treat your employees well, and they will treat your customers well. I am shaking my head currently at all of this. Oh, but dear listeners, it gets worse still. Since 2017, Carnival Corporation has been on probation. Why? They were found to be, quote, illegally dumping oil into the ocean from its princess cruise ships and lying about the scheme. The ocean is already polluted enough. We don't need to drown the turtles in oil. Carnival Corporation ended up paying a fine of $40 million, and the court summary states the following, quote, Princess was convicted and sentenced in April of 2017 after pleading guilty to felony charges stemming from its deliberate dumping of oil-contaminated waste from one of its vessels and intentional acts to cover it up. 
Two years later, in April 2019, Carnival was accused of breaking their probation rules. These allegations include 800 incidents between April 2017 and April 2018, and a federal judge in the U.S. threatened to impose severe fines, stating that Carnival ships could also be banned temporarily from docking in U.S. ports. In early June of 2019, Carnival Corporation and its subsidiary Princess Cruises agreed to pay a criminal penalty of $20 million for continuing to harm the environment, including dumping plastic waste into the ocean. Princess Cruises had already paid $40 million from prior acts of ocean pollution. To me, that's a huge red flag. If you get caught, apologize, pay your dues, and don't do it again. That's called tanking accountability. Now we get into accidents and incidents associated with Carnival Cruises, including two of their subsidiaries, Costa Cruises and Princess Cruises. These are going to be brief recollections since we can always cover these more in depth in longer Shipwreck Sunday episodes. We're going to go in chronological order, starting with the grounding of TSS Mardi Gras, its first cruise ship, which ran aground on a sandbar during her inaugural voyage on March 11, 1972, with 530 passengers and 230 crew aboard. No one was killed or injured, but it was an embarrassment for the new cruise company, earning the ship the nickname Mardi Gras on the Rocks. On July 20th, 1998, the main laundry room aboard the Ecstasy caught fire shortly after the ship left Miami with 2,565 passengers and 916 crew aboard. This fire would spread through the ventilation system into the aft mooring deck and there the mooring lines ignited. The vessel would end up losing power and being set adrift, and a fleet of tugboats were brought in to fight the fire and pulled the ship ashore. Eight passengers and 14 crew members were injured, but no one was killed, thankfully, and it would cost $17 million to repair the ship. MS Tropical would also catch fire on September 19, 1999. Her engine room caught fire while she was traveling from Cozumel to Tampa, and if this isn't bad enough, the ship was disabled in the Gulf of Mexico and was struck by Tropical Storm Harvey, spending two days without propulsion. Thank goodness one of the engines was able to be restarted and the ship got out of the way of the worst of the tropical storm, with no one being injured or killed. The small luxury brand Seaborn is also owned by Carnival, and in November of 2005, the Seaborn Spirit was about 100 miles off the coast of Somalia when pirates on two armed boats began firing at the ship and attempting to get on board. The ship was able to outrun them and no one was injured, but the ship was damaged from the machine guns and grenade launchers. The Carnival Ecstasy had a unique tragedy on July 1st, 2007, when David Richeson jumped off the deck of the Carnival Ecstasy, killing himself. He was the victim of the April 22, 2006 Harris County, Texas assault incident, which was the beating, torture, and sexual assault of Richeson by two fellow youths because he was Latino. He was only 18 years old. Rest in peace. On February 25, 2010, Costa Europa of Carnival subsidiary Costa Cruises collided with a pier in Sharm el-Sheikh in Egypt, and this resulted in the death of three crew members and injured four others. Costa Cruises would not take responsibility for the incident, instead blaming the strong winds, which is likely, but I'm not going to comment since I haven't done enough research into that one. Again with Costa Cruises, on October 18, 2010, the Costa Classica collided with a Belgian bulk carrier called Lowlands Longevity in the mouth of the Yangtze River, and this collision would cause a gash over 60 feet or 18 meters in the side of the ship. 
On November 8, 2010, there was yet another fire on a Carnival vessel. This time, it was the Carnival Splendor, and the ship lost all power on the second day of her cruise from Long Beach to the Mexican Riviera. The crew was unable to restart the engines and ended up being towed by a tugboat to Diego. There was no power for refrigeration or air conditioning, so passengers were fed rations given to them by the U.S. Navy. No one was injured or died, and passengers were promised a refund for their ticket and travel expenses, as well as a voucher for a free cruise of equal value. This ship has multiple incidents, so keep her in the back of your mind. The worst incident in Carnival's history is the capsizing of Costa Concordia on January 13, 2012, which resulted in the deaths of 32 people and cost well over $2 million. If you'd like the full story of that one, we have an episode on it. I'll leave a link in the cards. On February 23, 2012, Carnival Splendor was once again in the crosshairs when it was in port in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, and 22 passengers on the Carnival organized City and Jungle Tour would be robbed at gunpoint by an armed bandit. These passengers lost their purses, cameras, money, passports, and other valuables and documents. No shots were fired, and thank God no one was injured. On February 27, 2012, Costa Alegra of the Costa Cruises subsidiary had an engine room fire and was set adrift in the Indian Ocean. She went several days without power and was finally towed to the Seychelles island of Desroches, but she wasn't able to dock there and was then towed to Mahe Seychelles and the passengers disembarked there. There were no casualties reported from this incident and Costa Alegra did not return to service with Costa Cruises. On February 10th, 2013, Carnival Triumph was in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico with 3,143 passengers aboard when she suffered a massive engine room fire, rendering the ship without propulsion and she was adrift for a total of four full days. There was a power outage too, and this led to a sewage buildup. Yuck. You can imagine the foul smell and horrendous conditions those passengers were in until the ship was finally able to be towed to Mobile, Alabama, docking on Valentine's Day, February 14, 2013. The media would make a tongue-in-cheek comment that would become the cruise's moniker, the Poop Cruise. There was litigation afterward, and it was found that Carnival had documents that showed that the ship was already experiencing multiple generator maintenance issues, and this created a, quote, disaster waiting to happen. Carnival doubled down in response, making a claim that makes me want to scream. They said that when passengers purchase a ticket for a cruise, the contract they agree to, quote, makes absolutely no guarantee for a safe passage, a seaworthy vessel, adequate and wholesome food, and sanitary and safe living conditions. Oh, really? Then what the hell does it guarantee for them, if not that? A year later, on March 14, 2013, Carnival Dream's emergency generator failed while it was docked at Phillipsburg, St. Martin, with the ship having been scheduled to depart around 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time the day before. The United States Coast Guard was contacted about the generator issues, and the passengers were informed that they were being flown back to Florida instead of completing the voyage as scheduled. One day after Carnival Dreams issues on March 15, 2013, Carnival Legend suffered a mechanical problem with one propulsion pod while she was at sea. And a propulsion pod, or azipod for those who don't know, is a marine propulsion unit consisted of a fixed-pitch propeller mounted on a steerable gondola, or pod, containing the electric motor that drives the propeller. And this makes ships easier to maneuver. 
Due to this issue, the cruise's ports of call in Belize and Grand Cayman were canceled, and she returned to Tampa, Florida at a reduced speed. They should have bewared the Ides of March, my friends. This next incident is quite graphic. On December 27, 2015, a crew member of the Carnival Ecstasy was working on an elevator, and while this elevator was being maintained, the elevator safety mechanism was turned off. The elevator then came crashing down all of a sudden, crushing and killing the man instantly. A couple, Matt Davis and his partner, were on their way to dinner when they witnessed this incident, capturing it on film. They described it as, quote, sounding like a rainstorm. I'll show a clip of it now, and I'm warning you, it's very gruesome. Skip ahead 10 seconds if you need to. No, that can't be right. No. Yeah. That's not, that's not to look and see the elevator with just blood. Rest in peace to this electrician. He deserved better. I also read that on a forum, there were sexual assaults that took place on Carnival cruise ships in 2015 up until 2023, and there are passengers alleging this happened on Disney cruises as well. But I cannot verify this, and so I'm not going to say whether or not this holds water. I'm just informing you that there is evidence of sexual assaults on cruise ships, and that Carnival seems to have the lion's share of them. Again, this is alleged and not proven, so please take this with a snowball of salt. On March 2, 2017, Carnival Splendor experienced engine troubles, requiring complete repair on a single engine while the ship was roughly 50 miles or 80 kilometers off the coast of Puerto Rico. Carnival would go on to cancel the rest of the cruise and return to Miami, Florida, offering passengers a 50% refund, free internet use for the rest of the voyage, and a 50% discount off a future cruise. A year later, on February 19th, 2018, the date may be wrong here, I'm going off of a video that was posted about it. We know it was February of 2018, but not an exact date for some reason. What happened? Well, a series of all-out brawls took place on Carnival Legend, and the staff was heavily criticized in the media for not containing the fight and for using heavy force against passengers. On May 3, 2018, the fire suppression system on board Carnival Dream suffered from a pipe bursting which flooded 50 staterooms. No one was injured. On November 2, 2018, Carnival Sunshine had to return to Port Canaveral after a malfunction caused the ship to severely list for a full minute, sending glasses, plates, and other items shattering and sliding across the floor. This would be incredibly disconcerting as a passenger. People were really scared. According to a lot of witnesses, passengers were running for their lives and screaming, claiming it was, quote, literally a scene from the Titanic. That, as we know, makes me roll my eyes, but that's a soapbox for another day. On December 29, 2018, Lifeboat 28 broke loose from Carnival Dream for reasons unknown to this day, and it was damaged. Carnival ultimately decided to abandon this lifeboat at sea, and they purchased a new boat. Thank goodness this wasn't during a lifeboat drill, and so no one was injured. In the evening hours of September 20, 2019, Carnival Fantasy was pushing through the Panama Canal when it collided with the lock's wall and sustained damage to the aft superstructure. No one was injured, and this collision took place when the lock's water levels were being lowered. The ship was not under her own power at this time, instead being tugged by the Panama Canal's locomotives. This was during a 10-day Panama Canal cruise. Honestly, it's not uncommon for ships going through locks to bump into it and take damage, so that's not all that surprising to me. A couple weeks later, on October 9th of 2019, a 23-year-old passenger fell off a railing on the Carnival Valor. He was sitting by the railing and fell to a lower deck. 
This ship was in Louisiana at the time, and he was flown to a New Orleans hospital via helicopter. He was in critical condition, and it's unclear whether or not he lived. I sincerely hope he's okay. Two Carnival ships collided on December 20th, 2019, the Carnival Glory and the Carnival Legend, while they were in the port of Cozumel, Mexico. Carnival Glory's stern superstructure was damaged, and one person was injured. During the COVID-19 pandemic, several ships in the Princess Cruises line, which is a subsidiary of Carnival, were major clusters of infection, and this included Diamond Princess and Ruby Princess, continuing to spread the disease around the globe. The ships Sun Princess, Grand Princess, Royal Princess, and Regal Princess also had issues with COVID-19. If you guys would like me to cover the lockdown and breakout of COVID-19 on Diamond Princess, let me know. I know it's a sensitive topic, so just keep in mind I'll use my discretion on whether or not we end up covering it. On February 16, 2022, a 32-year-old woman was on board Carnival Valor when she leapt from the 10th deck after she was detained by ship security. She leapt down to the ocean, never to be seen again. The search by the United States Coast Guard would be suspended after 14 hours. On May 26, 2022, there was a fire within the funnel of Carnival Freedom. The vessel was docked in Grand Turk when the fire took place, and it was extinguished before it injured anyone. There was another cruise ship brawl on board the Carnival Magic around 5.30 a.m. on June 28, 2022, and when the ship arrived at Pier 90 in Manhattan, the brawlers were greeted by the NYPD. In June of 2022, Carnival was presented with a lovely $5 million fine by the New York Department of Financial Services for cybersecurity violations. According to the department, the violations were, quote, significant, with Carnival having four security breaches between 2019 and 2022. These breaches exposed considerable amounts of consumer data. Think addresses, card numbers, social security numbers, IP addresses, the works. The department would go on to state that Carnival also failed to meet security regulation by not having two-factor authentication, which is having an email and phone number attached to your account if you don't know. Additionally, they never reported their data breaches. That brings us to the current events, which aren't good either. To start, on May 20th, 2023, a passenger on board Carnival Splendor died while they were swimming at Mystery Island, Vanuatu, during the ship's nine-day trip around the South Pacific. They returned to Sydney, Australia on May 24th, and the passengers believed to have died while snorkeling. On May 27th and 28th of 2023, the Carnival Sunshine was rocked around in a storm, which terrified passengers, heavily damaged and flooded the ship, and delayed the ship's return to port in Charleston, South Carolina, and the later departure of its next voyage. There's footage of water flooding the hallways, and the cruise line was criticized by passengers for allowing the ship out into water with 80 mile per hour winds. Allegedly, wind and waves broke windows around the ship and allowed water to flood cabins. And as you can see, there was a lot of damage. Don't worry, Carnival Cruise Line had a statement on the whole fiasco. Quote, Carnival Sunshine's return to Charleston was impacted by the weather and rough seas on Saturday. The weather's prolonged impact on the Charleston area delayed the ship's arrival on Sunday, and as a result, the next voyage's embarkation was also delayed. The next voyage did commence shortly after this. Finally, the most recent incident, and quite tragic at that. On Monday, May 29th, Carnival Magic was traveling off the coast of Florida when Ronnie Peel Jr., a 35-year-old Virginia man, went overboard. 
The United States Coast Guard searched more than 5,171 square miles, which is 13,392.83 square kilometers, in 60 hours, and called off the search on June 1, 2023. Rest in peace to him. As we can tell, Carnival Cruise Lines has a past filled with trouble, eyebrow-raising controversies, and tragic deaths. And this might not even be all of them, just what I could find. It doesn't mean that this cruise line is unreliable or scummy overall, but in my humble opinion, as an armchair historian and not a businesswoman running a successful cruise line, they really should address these controversies head on. It would really make themselves look better as a company and as people, and that is important. Being a proper human being and realizing your customer base, critics, and supporters are all people and deserve answers. I really hope the best for Carnival Cruises moving forward, since they are one of the largest cruise companies in the world and they keep the beloved shipping industry alive. Rest in peace to the victims. May we never forget. Thanks so much to our lovely patrons for subscribing and supporting the channel and myself as a creator. You guys are awesome and it really does help us out. If you'd like to help support this channel and future episodes, go to patreon.com slash Sunday to join. Thank you for tuning into this bonus episode of Shipwreck Sunday. If you liked this episode and are listening on YouTube, please give us a like, leave us a comment, and subscribe to our channel. If you liked this episode and are listening on Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, or another podcast service, please subscribe for more content and leave us a five-star review, as it does help us reach more listeners like you. If you have any ships you'd like us to cover, please leave us a comment and you might hear your favorite ship here on the podcast. Check out our community tab for updates and to interact with us. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Tune in this Sunday for the story of SS Oregon, a Cunard liner that sank while approaching New York Harbor, resulting in a massive financial loss. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.